Your listenership is so important to us, and we hope you're enjoying the show. If you are able to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, it would be enormously helpful in allowing us to reach more people and help them get a good night's sleep. So does following us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other podcast player that you use. Thank you so much for your time and support. Good evening, and welcome to the Sleepy Bookshelf, where we put down our worries from the day and pick up a good book. I'm your host, Elizabeth. Thank you for joining me tonight. This evening, we'll be continuing with Flower Fables. But before that, Take some time here for yourself to breathe and relax. Think about where you're holding tension in your body and give yourself a nice big stretch. If there is anywhere that needs some extra tension, give that bit an extra stretch now. Next, take the deepest breath you've taken all day and exhale with a long sigh. Sink into a comfortable position and feel yourself let go of the day, physically and mentally. In our last episode, we began with a poem about a young rosebud who thought that if she could steal the light from a star, it would make her bloom more beautifully than all her sisters. In lieu of a star, she captured a firefly and held him tight in her petals. But the firefly tore himself free wounding the little rosebud and preventing her from blooming at all. In time, she healed and bloomed just as nature intended and had learned a valuable lesson about pride in the meantime. After this, we began a story about a naughty little fairy named Thistledown and his good friend Lilybell. Thistle was causing mischief wherever he went, harming flowers and ruining the harmony of the bees, having left Lilybell behind, trying to right his wrongs. Having laid down to rest after betraying a kind dragonfly, he woke, unable to move. He had been apprehended by a group of brownies, They locked him away in a small cell in a rock. He felt so sorry, and eventually an ivy plant began to creep into his cell through a small opening, and, pleased to see it, Thistle cared for it as best he could, so it would continue to grow and thrive. And that's where we pick our story back up tonight. 
the brownies noticing Thistledown's kindness and Lilybell searching for her friend. So lie back and listen to the sound of my voice as I turn to the next pages of Flower Fables. Fable 4 Lilybell and Thistledown Continued Now while Thistledown was a captive in the lonely cell, Lilybell was seeking him far and wide and sadly traced him by the sorrowing hearts he had left behind. She healed the drooping flowers cheered the queen bee's grief, brought back her discontented subjects, restored the home to peace and order, and left them blessing her. Thus she journeyed on, till she reached the forest where Thistledown had lost his freedom. She unbound the starving dragonfly and tended the wounded birds. But though all learned to love her, none could tell where the brownies had borne her friend, till a little wind came whispering by and told her that a sweet voice had been heard, singing fairy songs deep in a moss-grown rock. Then Lilybell went seeking through the forest, listening for the voice. Long she looked and listened in vain, when one day, as she was wandering through a lonely dell, she heard a faint, low sound of music, and soon a distant voice mournfully singing. Bright shines the summer sun, Soft is the summer air, merrily the woodbirds sing, flowers are blooming fair, but deep in the dark, cold rock, sadly I dwell, longing for thee, dear friend, Lily Bell, Lily Bell. Thistle, dear Thistle. Where are you? Joyfully called Lilybell as she flew from rock to rock. But the voice was still, and she would have looked in vain had she not seen a little vine whose green leaves, fluttering to and fro, seemed beckoning her to come. And as she stood among its flowers, She sang, Through sunlight and summer air I have sought for thee long, guided by birds and flowers, and now by thy song. Thistle down, thistle down, over hill and dell, hither to comfort thee comes Lily Bell. 
Then from the vine leaves, two little arms were stretched out to her, and thistledown was found. So Lilybell made her home in the shadow of the vine, and brought such joy to Thistle that his lonely cell seemed pleasanter to him than all the world beside, and he grew daily more like his gentle friend. But it did not last long, for one day she did not come. He watched and waited long for the little face that used to peep smiling in through the vine leaves. He called and beckoned through the narrow opening, but no lily bell answered, and he wept sadly as he thought of all she had done for him, and that now he could not go to seek and help her, for he had lost his freedom by his own cruel and wicked deeds. At last, he besought the silent brownie earnestly to tell him where she had gone. Oh, let me go to her, prayed Thistle. If she is in sorrow, I will comfort her and show her my gratitude for all she has done for me. Dear brownie, set me free, and when she is found, I will come and be your prisoner again. I will bear and suffer any danger for her sake. Lilybell is safe, replied the brownie. Come, you shall learn the trial that awaits you. Then he led the wandering fairy from his prison to a group of tall, drooping ferns beneath whose shade a large white lily had been placed, forming a little tent within which, on a couch of thick green moss, lay Lilybell in a deep sleep. The sunlight stole softly in, and all was cool and still. You cannot wake her said the brownie as Thistle folded his arms tenderly about her. This is a magic slumber, and she will not wake till you shall bring her gifts from the earth, air, and water spirits. Tis a long and weary task, for you have made no friends to help you, and will have to seek for them alone. This is the trial we shall give you, and if your love for Lilybell be strong enough to keep you from all cruelty and selfishness and make you kind and loving as you should be, she will awake to welcome you and love you still more fondly than before. Then, Thistle, with a last look on the little friend he loved so well, set forth alone to his long task. The home of the earth spirits was the first to find 
and no one would tell him where to look. So far and wide he wandered, through gloomy forests and among lonely hills, with none to cheer him when sad and weary, none to guide him on his way. On he went, thinking of Lilybell, and for her sake bearing all, for in his quiet prison many gentle feelings and kindly thoughts had sprung up in his heart, and he now strove to be friends with all and win for himself the love and confidence of those whom once he sought to harm and cruelly destroy. But few believed him, for they remembered his false promises and evil deeds and would not trust him now. So poor Thistle found few to love or care for him. Long he wandered and carefully he sought, but could not find the earth spirit's home. And when at length he reached the pleasant garden where he and Lilybell first parted, he said within himself, Here I will stay a while and try to win by kindly deeds the flower's forgiveness for the pain and sorrow I brought them long ago, and they may learn to love and trust me. So even if I never find the spirits, I shall be worthier of Lilybell's affection if I strive to atone for the wrong I have done. Then he went among the flowers, but they closed their leaves and shrank away, trembling with fear, while the birds fled to hide among the leaves as he passed. This grieved poor Thistle, and he longed to tell them how changed he had become, but they would not listen. So he tried to show, by quiet deeds of kindness, that he meant no harm to them. And soon, the kind-hearted birds pitied the lonely fairy, and when he came near, they sang cheering songs and dropped ripe berries in his path, for he no longer broke their eggs or hurt their little ones. And when the flowers saw this and found the once cruel elf now watering and tending little buds, feeding hungry insects and helping the busy ants to bear their heavy loads, they shared the pity of the birds and longed to trust him but they dared not yet. He came one day while wandering through the garden to the little rose he had once harmed so sadly. Many buds now bloomed beside her, and her soft face glowed with motherly pride as she bent fondly over them. But when Thistle came, 
He saw with sorrow how she bade them close their green curtains and conceal themselves beneath the leaves, for there was danger near. And drooping still more closely over them, she seemed to wait with trembling fear the cruel fairies coming, but no rude hand tore her little ones away. No unkind words were spoken, but a soft shower of dew fell lightly on them, and Thistle, bending tenderly above them, said, Dear flower, forgive the sorrow I once brought you, and trust me now for Lilybell's sake. Her gentleness has changed my cruelty to kindness. I would gladly repay for all the harm I have done, but none will love and trust me now. Then the little rose looked up, and while the dewdrops shone like happy tears upon her leaves, she said, I will love and trust you, Thistle, for you are indeed much changed. Make your home among us, and my sister flowers will soon learn to love you as you deserve, not for sweet Lily Bell's sake, but for your own will I become your friend, for you are kind and gentle now, and worthy of our love. Look up, my little ones, there is no danger near. Look up, and welcome Thistle to our home. Then the little buds raised their rosy faces, danced again upon their stems, and nodded kindly at Thistle, who smiled on them through happy tears, and kissed the sweet, forgiving Rose, who loved and trusted him when most forlorn and friendless but the other flowers wandered among themselves, and Hyacinth said, If Roseleaf is his friend, surely we may be, yet still I fear he may soon grow weary of this gentleness, and again be the wicked fairy he once was, and we shall suffer for our kindness to him now. Ah, do not doubt him, said warm-hearted little Mignonette. Surely some good spirit has changed the wicked thistle into this good little elf. See how tenderly he lifts aside the leaves that overshadow pale harebell, and listen how softly he sings as he rocks little Eglantine to sleep. He has done many friendly things, though none save Roseleaf has been kind to him, and he is very sad. Last night, when I awoke to draw my curtains closer, he sat, weeping in the moonlight so bitterly. I longed to speak a kindly word to him. Dear sisters, let us trust him. And they all said little Mignonette was right, 
and spreading their wide leaves, they bade him come and drink their dew and lie among the fragrant petals, striving to cheer his sorrow. Thistle told them all, and after much whispering together, they said, Yes, we will help you to find the earth spirits, for you are striving to be good, and for love of Lily Bell, we will do much for you. So they called a little bright-eyed mole and said, Downy back, we have given you a pleasant home here among our roots, and you are a grateful little friend. So will you guide dear Thistle to the earth spirit's home? Downyback said, yes, and Thistle, thanking the kindly flowers, followed his guide through long, dark galleries, deeper and deeper into the ground, while a glowworm flew before to light the way. On they went, and after a while reached a path lit up by bright jewels hung on the walls. Here, Downyback and Glimmer the glowworm left him, saying, We can lead you no further. You must now go on alone, and the music of the spirits will guide you to their home. And then they went quickly up the winding path, and Thistle, guided by the sweet music, went on alone. He soon reached a lovely spot whose golden halls were bright with jewels which sparkled brightly and threw many colored shadows on the shining garments of the little spirits who danced below to the melody of soft, silvery bells. Long Thistle stood, watching the brilliant forms that flashed and sparkled round him, but he missed the flowers and the sunlight and rejoiced that he was not an earth spirit. At last they spied him out and gladly welcoming him, bade him join their dance. But Thistledown was too sad for that and when he told them all his story, they no longer urged but sought to comfort him, and one whom they called Little Sparkle, for her crown and robe shone with the brightest diamonds, said, You will have to work for us, ere you can win a gift to show the brownies. Do you see those gold bells that make such music as we wave them to and fro? We worked long and hard ere they were won, and you can win one of those if you will do the task we give you. And Thistle said, No task will be too hard for me to do for dear Lily Bell's sake. 
Then they led him to a strange, dark place lit up with torches where troops of spirits flew busily to and fro among damp rocks and through dark galleries that led far down into the earth. What do they do here? asked Thistle. I will tell, replied Little Sparkle, for I once worked here myself. Some of them watch above the flower roots and keep them fresh and strong. Others gather the clear drops that trickle from the damp rocks and form a little spring, which, growing ever larger, rises to the light above and gushes forth in some green field or lonely forest where the wild birds come to drink and wood flowers spread their thirsty leaves above the clear, cool waves as they go dancing away, carrying joy and freshness wherever they go. Others shape the bright jewels into lovely forms and make good luck pennies which we give to mortals whom we love. And here you must toil till the golden flower is won. Then Thistle went among the spirits and joined in their tasks. He tended the flower roots, gathered the water drops, and formed the good luck pennies. Long and hard he worked and was often sad and weary, often tempted by his unkind and selfish thoughts. But he thought of Lilybell and strove to be kind and loving as she had been. And soon the spirits learned to love the patient fairy who had left his home to toil among them for the sake of his gentle friend. At length came little Sparkle to him, saying, You have done enough. Come now and dance and feast with us, for the golden flower is one. But Thistle could not stay, for half his task was not yet done and he longed for sunlight and lily bell. So, taking a kind farewell, he hastened through the torch-lit path up to the light again, and, spreading his wings, flew over the hill and dale till he reached the forest where lily bell lay sleeping. It was early morning, and the rosy light shone brightly through the lily leaves upon her as Thistle entered and laid his first gift at the brownie king's feet. You have done well, said he. We hear good tidings of you from bird and flower, and you are truly seeking to repair the evil you have done. Take now one look 
get your little friend and then go forth to seek from the air spirits your second gift. Then Thistle said farewell again to Lilybell and flew far and wide among the clouds seeking the air spirits. But though he wandered till his weary wings could bear him no longer, it was in vain. So faint and sad, he let down to rest on a broad vine leaf that fluttered gently in the wind. And as he lay, he saw beneath him the home of the kind bees whom he had so disturbed and Lily Bell had helped and comforted. I will seek to win their pardon and show them that I am no longer the cruel fairy who so harmed them, thought Thistle, and when they again become my friends, I will ask them to help me find the air spirits, and if I deserve it, they will gladly aid me on my way. So he flew down into the field below and hastened busily from flower to flower till he had filled a tiny bluebell with sweet, fresh honey. Then he stole softly to the hive and, placing it near the door, concealed himself to watch. Soon his friend Nimblewing came flying home, and when he spied the little cub, he hummed with joy and called his companions around him. Surely some good elf has placed it here for us, they said. Let us bear it to our queen. It is so fresh and fragrant, it will be a fit gift. And they joyfully took it in, little dreaming who had placed it there. So each day, Thistle filled a flower cup and laid it at the door, and each day the bees wondered more and more, for many strange things happened. The field flowers told of the good spirit who watched above them and the birds sang of the same kind little elf, bringing soft moss for their nests and food for their hungry young ones, while all around the hive had grown fairer since the fairy came. But the bees never saw him, for he feared he had not yet done enough to win their forgiveness and friendship. So he lived alone among the vines, daily bringing them honey and doing some kindly action. At length, as he lay sleeping in a flower bell, a little bee came wandering by and knew him for the wicked thistle. So he called his friends, and as they flew murmuring around him, He awoke. What shall we do to you, naughty elf? said they. You are in our power, 
and we will sting you if you are not still. Let us close the flower leaves around him and leave him here to starve, said one who had not yet forgotten all the sorrow Thistle had caused them long ago. No, no, that is very cruel, dear Buzz, said Little Hum. Let us take him to our queen, and she will tell us how to show our anger for the wicked deeds he did. See how bitterly he weeps. Be kind to him. He will not harm us more. You good little hum, said a kind-hearted robin who had hopped near to listen to the bees. Dear friends, do you not know that this is a good fairy who has dwelt so quietly among us, watching over birds? And blossom, giving joy to all he helps. It is he who brings the honey cup each day to you, and then goes silently away that you may never know who works so faithfully for you. Be kind to him, for if he has done wrong, he has repented of it, as you may see. Can this be naughty thistle? said Nimble Wing. Yes, it is I, said Thistle, but no longer cruel and unkind. I have tried to win your love by patient industry. Oh, trust me now, and you shall see I am not naughty Thistle anymore. Then the wandering bees led him to their queen, and when he had told his tale, and begged their forgiveness, it was gladly given, and all strove to show him that he was loved and trusted. Then he asked if they could tell him where the air spirits dwelt, for he must not forget dear Lilybell. And to his great joy the queen said yes, and bade little hum guide Thistle to Cloudland. Little Hum joyfully obeyed, and Thistle followed him as he flew higher and higher among the soft clouds, till in the distance they saw a radiant light. There is their home, and I must leave you now, dear Thistle, said the bee and bidding him farewell, he flew singing back, while Thistle, following the light, soon found himself in the air spirit's home. The sky was gold and purple, like an autumn sunset, and long walls of brilliant clouds lay round him. A rosy light, shone through the silver mist on gleaming columns and the rainbow roof. Soft, fragrant winds went whispering by and airy little forms were flitting to and fro. Long Thistle wondered at the beauty round him and then 
he went among the shining spirits, told his tale, and asked a gift. But they answered like the earth spirits, you must serve us first, and then we will gladly give you a robe of sunlight like our own. And then they told him how they wafted flower seeds over the earth to beautify and brighten lonely spots, how they watched above the blossoms by day and scattered dews at night, brought sunlight into darkened places and soft winds to refresh and cheer. These are the things we do, they said, and you must aid us for a time. And Thistle gladly went with the lovely spirits. By day, he joined the sunlight and the breeze in their silent work. By night, with Starlight and her sister spirits, he flew over the moonlit earth, dropping cool dew upon the folded flowers and bringing happy dreams to sleeping mortals. Many a kind deed was done, many a gentle word was spoken, and each day lighter grew his heart and stronger his power of giving joy to others. At length, Starlight bade him work no more and gladly gave him the gift he had won. Then his second task was done, and he flew merrily back to the green earth and slumbering lily bell. The silvery moonlight shone upon her as he came to give his second gift, and the brownie spoke more kindly than before. One more trial, Thistle, and she will awake. Go bravely forth and win your last and hardest gift. Then, with a light heart, Thistle journeyed away to the brooks and rivers, seeking the water spirits. But he looked in vain, till wandering through the forest, where the brownies took him captive, he stopped beside the quiet lake. As he stood there, he heard a sound of pain, and looking in the tall grass at his side, he saw the dragonfly, whose kindness he once repaid with pain and sorrow, and who now lay suffering and alone. Thistle bent tenderly beside him, saying, Dear Flutter, do not fear me. I will gladly ease your pain if you will let me. I am your friend and long to show you how I grieve for all the wrong I did you when you were so kind to me. Forgive and let me help and comfort you. Then he bound up the broken wing and spoke so tenderly that Flutter doubted him no longer and was his friend again. 
day by day did Thistle watch beside him, making little beds of cool, fresh moss for him to rest upon, fanning him when he slept, and singing sweet songs to cheer him when awake. And often, when poor Flutter longed to be dancing once again over the blue waves, the fairy bore him in his arms to the lake, and on a broad leaf, with a green flag for a sail, they floated on the still water, while the dragonfly's companions flew about them, playing merry games. At length the broken wing was well, and Thistle said he must again seek the water spirits. I can tell you where to find them, said Flutter. You must follow yonder little brook, and it will lead you to the sea where the spirits dwell. I will gladly do more for you, dear Thistle, but I cannot, for they live deep beneath the waves. You will find some kind friend to aid you on your way, and so farewell. Thistle followed the little brook as it flowed through field and valley, growing ever larger till it reached the sea. Here the wind blew freshly, and the great waves rolled and broke at Thistle's feet as he stood upon the shore, watching the billows dancing and sparkling in the sun. How shall I find the spirits in this great sea, with none to help or guide me? Yet it is my last task, and for Lilybell's sake I must not fear or falter now, said Thistle. So he flew hither and thither over the sea, looking through the waves. Soon he saw, far below, the branches of the coral tree. They must be here, thought he, and folding his wings, he plunged into the deep, cold sea. But he only saw fearful monsters and dark shapes that gathered round him, and trembling with fear, he struggled up again. The great waves tossed him to and fro, and cast him bruised and faint upon the shore. Here he lay weeping bitterly, till a voice beside him said, Poor little elf, what has befallen you? These rough waves are not fit for playmates so delicate as you. Tell me your sorrow, and I will comfort you. And Thistle, looking up, saw a white seabird at his side, who tried with friendly words to cheer him. So he told all his wanderings, and how he sought the sea spirits. Surely, if bee and blossom do their part to help you, birds should aid you too. 
said the seabird. I will call my friend the Nautilus, and he will bear you safely to the coral palace where the spirits dwell. So, spreading his great wings, he flew away, and soon Thistle saw a little boat come dancing over the waves and wait beside the shore for him. In he sprang. Nautilus raised his sail to the wind, and the light boat glided swiftly over the blue sea. At last, Thistle said, I see lovely arches far below. Let me go. It is the spirit's home. Nay, close your eyes and trust to me. I will bear you safely down, said Nautilus. So Thistle closed his eyes and listened to the murmur of the sea as they sank slowly through the waves. The soft sound lulled him to sleep, and when he awoke, the boat was gone, and he stood among the water spirits in their strange and lovely home. Lofty arches of snow-white coral bent above him, and walls of brightly tinted shells were wreathed with lovely sea flowers, and the sunlight shining on the waves cast silvery shadows on the ground where sparkling stones glowed in the sand. A cool, fresh wind swept through the waving garlands of bright sea moss and the distant murmur of Dashing waves came softly on the air. Soon troops of graceful spirits flitted by, and when they found the wandering elf, they gathered round him, bringing pearl shells heaped with precious stones and all the rare, strange gifts that lie beneath the sea. But Thistle wished for none of these, and when his tale was told, the kindly spirits pitied him, and little Pearl sighed as she told him of the long and weary task he must perform, ere he could win a crown of snow-white pearls like those they wore. But Thistle had gained strength and courage in his wanderings, and did not falter now. When they led him to a place among the coral workers and told him he must labor here till the spreading branches reached the light and air through the waves that danced above. With a patient hope that he might yet be worthy of Lilybell, the fairy left the lovely spirits and their pleasant home to toil among the coral builders where all was strange and dim. Long, long he worked, but still the waves rolled far above them and his task was not 
yet done, and many bitter tears poor Thistle shed, and sadly he pined for air and sunlight, the voice of birds and breath of flowers, often folded in the magic garments which the spirits gave him that he might pass unharmed among the fearful creatures dwelling there. He rose to the surface of the sea and, gliding through the waves, gazed longingly upon the hills, now looking blue and dim so far away, or watched the flocks of summer birds journeying to a warmer land and they brought sad memories of green old forests and sunny fields to the lonely little fairy floating on the great wild sea. Day after day went by, and slowly Thistle's task drew towards an end. Busily toiled the coral workers, but more busily toiled he, Insect and spirit daily wondered more and more at the industry and patience of the silent little elf who had a friendly word for all, though he never joined them in their sport. Higher and higher grew the coral boughs, and lighter grew the fairy's heart, while thoughts of dear Lilybell cheered him on as day by day he steadily toiled. And when at length the sun shone on his work and it was done, he stayed but to take the garland he had won and to thank the good spirits for their love and care. Then up through the cold blue waves he swiftly glided and shaking the bright drops from his wings, soared, singing up to the sunny sky. On through the fragrant air went Thistle, looking with glad face upon the fair, fresh earth below, where flowers looked smiling up and green trees bowed their graceful heads as if to welcome him. Soon the forest where Lily Bell lay sleeping rose before him, and as he passed along the cool, dim wood paths, never had they seemed so fair. But when he came where his little friend had slept, it was no longer the dark, silent spot where he last saw her, Garlands hung from every tree, and the fairest flowers filled the air with their sweet breath. Birds' cheerful voices echoed far and wide, and the little brook went singing by. Beneath the arching ferns that bent above it, green leaves rustled in the summer wind and the air was full of music. 
but the fairest sight was Lily Bell as she lay on the couch of velvet moss that fairy hands had spread. The golden flower lay beside her, and the glittering robe was folded round her little form. The warmest sunlight fell upon her, and the softest breezes lifted her shining hair. Happy tears fell fast as Thistle folded his arms around her, saying, Oh, Lily Bell, dear Lily Bell, awake. I have been true to you, and now my task is done. Then, with a smile, Lily Bell awoke and looked with wondering eyes upon the beauty that had risen round her. Dear Thistle, what mean these fair things, and why are we in this lovely place? she asked. Listen, Lily Bell, said the brownie king as he appeared beside her, and then he told all that Thistle had done to show his love for her, how he had wandered far and wide to seek the fairy gifts and toiled long and hard to win them, how he had been loving, true, and tender when most lonely and forsaken. Bird, bee, and blossom have forgiven him, and none is more loved and trusted now by all than the once cruel thistle, said the king as he bent down to the happy elf who bowed low before him. You have learned the beauty of a gentle, kindly heart, dear Thistle, and you are now worthy to become the friend of her for whom you have done so much. Place the crown upon her head, for she is queen of all the forest fairies now. And as the crown shone on the head that Lily Bell bent down, the forest seemed alive with little forms who sprang from flower and leaf and gathered round her, bringing gifts for their new queen. If I am queen, then you are king, dear Thistle, said the fairy. Take the crown, and I will have a wreath of flowers. You have toiled and suffered for my sake, and you alone should rule over these little elves whose love you have won. Keep your crown, Lily Bell, for yonder come the spirits with their gifts to thistle, said the brownie. And as he pointed with his wand, out from among the mossy roots of an old tree came trooping the earth spirits, their flower bells ringing softly as they came, and their jeweled garments glittering in the sun on to where Thistledown stood beneath the shadow of the flowers 
with Lilybell beside him, went the spirits, and then forth sprang little Sparkle, waving a golden flower whose silvery music filled the air. Dear Thistle, said the shining spirit, what you toiled so faithfully to win for another, let us offer now as a token of our love for you. As she ceased, down through the air came floating bands of lovely air spirits, bringing a shining robe, and they too told their love for the gentle fairy who had dwelt with them. Then softly on the breeze came distant music, growing ever nearer, till over the rippling waves came the singing water spirits, in their boats of many-coloured shells, and as they placed their glittering crown on Thistle's head, loud rang the flowers and joyously sang the birds, while all the forest fairies called with silvery voices, Lily Bell and Thistledown, long live our king and queen.